And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, with Lamb, Lion Ministry. And we thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today that we have titled God's Evil Plan. As we look at Ezekiel chapter 38. So for those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along as well. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to dive into the future, to get an idea of what you've got coming up for Israel and the world and what that means for us today. We thank you for your great love for us, Lord. Help us understand you better so we may grow in our relationships with you. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones. Our program title today is God's Evil Plan. Stay tuned for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Another wonderful week. Hey, brother. I noticed you you pronounce Gogs very clearly to differentiate it from God's because God does not have an evil plan, right? That's absolutely right. And I didn't want to make that mistake. Of, of, of uh, it, It's so easy, right, Nathan, to be able to get that mixed up, though. Even spell checker, yeah, might change it and say God's evil plan. But <laughs> God is incapable of evil. He, he could do anything but evil. So praise <laughs> the Lord for that. Huh? That's right. Nate, it's great to have you on the program. So how was the rest of your week? Hey, life's good, brother. I got uh, my son came back from... Uh, he's uh, deployed with the Coast Guard, and he got a little time off, so he's home visiting, and the family's happy. It's like having the old family back under the roof again. And uh, how about you, brother? I hear you've got some more additions coming to your family. Nathan, that is true. We're going to actually have five grandkids. We have three now, and my son, who's in the Marines, told me his wife is pregnant. My oldest daughter, Jael, told me that she's going to be expecting again. So come next year in May, Lord willing, we might have a few additions to the family. So thank you, Nate. Oh, wow. Ever expanding. You know, and, and that's the wonderful thing as we get a little bit older, right, Nathan? That's the wonderful thing that our kids also get older. They get married soon like your children will in the future, Nathan. So I'm excited for that as well. Well, it's good, you know, because there's also at this stage of life, we start losing family members. And so it's nice to know that you... As people come and uh, go, they also come. And that's what grandkids are for, right? To replace the parents' generation that's all dying off. Well, Nathan, yes. I, I don't know about you, but my wife, she had um, my my dad passed away. And then my wife, uh, mom and dad passed away. So uh, it is nice to now have grandkids coming into the scene to continue to keep the family going. So you're absolutely right. So the big question is, what do they call you? Grandpa? Pop? Pops? Actually, they call me, I told them they have to call me Abuelo in Abuelo. Spanish. Okay. I, yeah. yeah it's like the Mexican restaurant here in Dallas, Abuelos. It means grandpa. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> that is exactly right. Well, and we wanted to keep a little bit of the Spanish route going, you know, Nate? Abuelo. I like that. <laughs> but now my granddaughter 
Hadassah, because she cannot say abuelo, she now nicknamed me Lelo. Lelo. Oh, that's great. Lelo. So, so Lelo it is instead of Abuelo. Uh, so, yeah, grandkids are great, Nathan. Uh, they're such a joy and a great addition to the family. They bring such joy to the families. And speaking of joy, you and I also have the opportunity to bring joy to our listeners with all the wonderful content, right, Nathan, that we put together throughout the years and sharing with them how they can get a hold of these wonderful resources. Well, that's a good segue into letting folks know about Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. So that's why we're talking to you today. We want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and be excited about his return. He's got so many wonderful promises lying ahead, but most people don't know about them because they don't study the Bible and specifically Bible prophecy. And that's what Lamb and Lion Ministries exists to do. So Check us out on our website, which is ChristInProphecy.org. Also, you can download our Lamb Lion app, and you can check our TV show, Christ in Prophecy, on all the major Christian networks, as well as his channel. And of course, we've got it on our YouTube channel and Rumble channels, and uh, that's our main outreach. We have prophetic perspective videos, and one of our new evangelists on staff, uh, Dave Bowen, now has his deep dives with Dave Bowen each week. And we also have our blog at the ChristInProphecyBlog.org. So we've got so many resources going out each and every day to help you get excited about Jesus Christ, help you be informed about what's going on in the world in light of Bible prophecy. So check us out, ChristInProphecy.org. Nathan, thank you for sharing. And not only uh, is there a wealth of resources, but there might also be some staff opportunities available as uh, the ministry continues to grow. And there's also people retiring. And and, uh, can you tell us about those opportunities and how maybe how some individuals can become part of the the staff there, Nate. Yeah, sadly, last week we had our retirement party for Kathy Grubb. She's been our mailroom supervisor for 25 years. But the Lord, she got to retire. And so, you know, she'll still serve the Lord, but in a different capacity. And so we've been looking for someone to help our new mailroom supervisor, Kyrus Young, in the mailroom. And so they're taking applications for, I'm not sure if it's part or full time, but they're looking for someone to help in the mailroom. Our facilities director and our COO will be leaving at the end of this year. They too are retiring. And so we're going to need a handyman who lives on campus and can fix everything under the sun to come and join us. And I myself here in the internet evangelism uh, or web outreach ministry is looking for a full time digital marketer to join us, an expert in social media to help get the ministry out there in front of more and more people so we get the gospel out in front of more and more people. So if you're interested in digital marketing, you've got a background in it, preferably even a a degree in marketing and communications, love to see your application. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing that. And what wonderful opportunities as well for people that maybe are looking into changing careers and getting more involved in ministry. Uh, This is a great opportunity. So thank you for sharing with that, Nate. And of course, we're so excited because there's so many wonderful things uh, taking place, but there's also challenging things taking place around the world. And Nathan and I uh, have been going through the book of Ezekiel. And uh, Nathan, we were we dove into chapter 38. What an exciting passage of scripture that was here we have the nation of israel once again regathered and then there's a prophecy that speaks of what will take place once israel is a nation back in their land and you and i started uh chapter 38 last week 
And we got all the way up to chapter, uh, excuse me, verse 9, as we spoke about this regathering of Israel and, of course, this war that's going to take place uh, called the Gog and Magog War. But, Nathan, in case someone missed last week's uh, program, might you be able to recap a few things for them so that they can be, um, uh, again, uh, up to date in where we left off? Well, like Vic said, chapters 36 and 37 were a prophecy that God gave Ezekiel 2,600 years ago that Israel would be like a dead body that would come back to life again. A nation that no longer existed would come back alive. And that happened just, and that's one of the wonders of Bible prophecy, proof that God is real, that he loves us, a fulfilled Bible prophecy. And so Israel did come back as a nation after being destroyed in 70 AD. 1948 is a nation once more but without the soul and heart for God and for his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, 60% of the Jewish people in Israel right now are secular humanists, so they don't have the heart for God yet. But there is a war coming, which we now read in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. The book of Ezekiel is chronological in order, so we know this will follow Israel being back in the land again. And so this is a prophecy about a series of nations, which we have identified from their ancient names as Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, Ethiopia, Libya, and all those stand nations are going to come together, join together, and God is going to pull their leader, who is designated as Gog, when we talked about whether that could be Vladimir Putin or not, we don't know. But God will drag them down to try to attack and plunder Israel, but God will then uh, because of their years, decades, and centuries of anti-Semitism, God is going to deal with them, and he's going to destroy their armies. And, well, now I'm getting ahead of myself. But that's where we are. And we are talking about what's known as the Gog and Magog War. Well, Nathan, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, yeah, it is it is hard for us to do this passage because there's so much there that can get us ahead that we've been trying to sort of keep it in sequence because we noticed that uh, there are some people that they're new to Bible prophecy or new to the book of Ezekiel, and we're just trying to give them information that they can follow along. But Nathan, you and I noticed that there are certain clues that were given to us in this chapter to show that this is something that is going to take place in the future, in the latter days. And we noted that because Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 8 and 9, uh, the Bible records, it says, after many days, you will be visited. In the latter years, you will come into the land of those through, through the back from, back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountain of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. Verse 9 says, you will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land as a cloud, and you and all your troops, many people with you. So it speaks, Nathan, about this invasion, and it's going to take place when the Jewish people are back in their land, and that's the miracle that you and I are seeing today with our own eyes. Yes, and we're also, if you just watch the news, seeing that these nations are now aligning with each other. I mean, Russia, Iran, and Turkey historically have been enemies with each other. Uh, we'll see later when God disciplines them how they turn on each other. And so they're not necessarily friends per se, but they're frenemies. And they're working together against a common enemy who they see as Israel. And so we're watching the news today playing out before us. These events happening, this preparation for this invasion where 
as as you read, that this is going to be an invasion against the, the Jewish people who aren't quite prepared. They, they're not expecting it. It'd be like all of a sudden if Russia started turning from Ukraine and moved to and started attacking Israel. Israel would be like, what? I didn't know that. And so it's going to be an unsuspecting plan. But it's going to be it's amazing when you think about it because to mobilize all these countries and all these armies all at once will be a big effort. So, brother, I think timing-wise, too, that because of the fact that the United States and UN and everything sits out and just watches this happen, uh, something's got to change. We've got to become more hostile towards Israel, at least ambivalent. And I think it's possible, too, that since China and the United States, which has the most Christians in the world, sit this out, this could be a post-rapture event because God steps in and supernaturally destroys these armies, as we'll read soon, that this is going to be something that happens after the rapture, but before the tribulations, kind of in that gap period. And so I believe that's how it will play out. Others might disagree, but the timing clues seem to be there. Well, Nathan, I could not agree with you more. And not only that, but I'm actually holding uh, in my hand uh, Dr. Reagan's latest book, Israel in Bible Prophecy, Past, Present, and Future. And looking at pages uh, 190, uh, excuse me, 195 and 196, uh, chapter 12, talking about the redemption of Israel, uh, he actually uh, uh, writes in there, Nathan, pretty much the same thing that we're saying because we don't we don't have an exact um, uh, know exactly when all this is going to take place, but we know that definitely the rapture uh, is in mind. And uh, yeah, page 198, um, Dr. Reagan writes um, uh, excerpt for the uh, precondition, the timing of the war of Gog and Magog is a mystery. Uh, and and it, it is a mystery. He says the, the consensus of opinion for many years has been that the war will start at the beginning of the tribulation after the Antichrist has signed a treaty guaranteeing the peace of Israel. But in recent years, some strong arguments have been presented for the war to start before the beginning of the tribulation. Uh, Ron Rose, in his book, North and Storm Rising, presents a very convincing argument for the Gog and Mega war starting at least three and a half years before the, the before the tribulation. So there are some areas there, Nathan, right, of mystery. Uh, but we believe the rapture will definitely take place and then all these things will unravel. Yeah, and the only thing I do disagree with Dr. Reagan on there, and I normally don't disagree with Dr. Reagan, but his three and a half years, uh, he gets that because of the seven years that the Jewish people will burn the weapons after the as the aftermath of the war, he then places, well, that the Jewish people will be exiled from Israel when the Antichrist desecrates a temple at the midpoint of the tribulation, or three and a half years in. So to have seven years, you need three and a half more years, and that would place it three and a half years before the tribulation. And the argument is because the Jewish people are sent out into the wilderness. But there are other verses that show that the Antichrist, upon Christ's return, is besieging Jerusalem. And if he's besieging Jerusalem, there's Jews in Jerusalem who could still be burning the weapons. So I would say that three and a half years isn't a fast and, and furious, you know, definite dogmatic date set. We know there will be a gap between the tribulation and the Antichrist signing the peace covenant, which starts the seven-year tribulation. But I don't know how the world would survive all those years between the rapture 
in the tribulation, if the restraining influence of the Holy Spirit through the church is removed, I mean, the world would be in chaos, absolute chaos. So I don't, I don't see how there could be such a large gap, but that's just an opinion. Well, and Nathan, and that's the wonderful thing that as we all as Bible students and Bible prophecy students dig through these, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to show us and give us wisdom. As these pieces come together, we're oftentimes getting more and more information. And that's why I always tell people, hey, we can all agree to disagree as long as we uh, 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 disagree uh, uh, agreeably, you know, right? So, <laughs> and, and the, yeah. And, yeah, and the reality is that we are all seeking the Lord. We're not uh, trying to divide the body of Christ, but the reality is some of these pieces have to make sense in order for them to fit properly. Uh, another thing to Nathan that I, I notice is that as we continue to study Bible prophecy, uh, we have a lot of wonderful resources, some new resources that uh, uh, that have come up, and we use these resources to help us better understand Bible prophecy. So for those of you that maybe just tuned into the program, again, you just tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, we're talking about this Gog and Magog War in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, and how we see things uh, unraveling. But Nathan, some things that we can agree in is that the Bible speaks about that many of these will take place when Israel is back in their homeland, which is a great miracle that has occurred during our time, 1948. And not only that, but it also gives us details of the timing of these things, the countries surrounding Israel, which those key players, right, Nate, they seem to be lining up perfectly right before our eyes as well. Absolutely. And there's a, a number, like you said, of timing clues interspersed throughout the passage. And the, the first general timing clue is Ezekiel's use of the terms latter years and last stage. You can find that in verses 8 and 16, that the Gog and Magog battle must happen in the prophetic scheme in the end times as it relates to the nation of Israel at a time when uh, Israel is about to approach the tribulation or a time of great distress. The end times is, is what we're saying. So we're talking about the end of the church age. So we know we're, we're in that right now. Uh, there's a second time in clue that uh, you could reject the battles already happened in history because there is no recollection of Russia, Turkey, Iran, uh, Ethiopia, Libya, all joining together to attack Israel. It's never happened. Uh, there's a third general time in clue involves whether Jewish people come from all out of all countries of the world. So the prophecy says that the Jewish people have been regathered from all the countries back into the land of Israel, which we read in chapter 36, verse 24. So that's happened today. Israel is back in the land again. So that's a prophecy that had to happen before the Gog Magog war happens. There's a fourth general time in clue involves the developments nationally that have to occur to make that coalition of invaders come. And so We've seen politically the hatred of the West, which is uniting these countries, and the hook that brings Russia down to attack Israel. We have that now. We know what that is. Uh, there's only reason that Russia would attack Israel is because Israel now has, has these new gas deposits that directly um, challenge Russia's do domain of selling oil and national ga natural gas to Europe, which has stopped pretty much since the Ukraine war began. So if... Israel is competing against Russia for their economy. Russia doesn't want their economy to collapse. So, of course, they would attack Israel. So we know what the, the hook is now. And the fifth general time in clue, which we read in verse 11, says, You will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. 
I go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Now, this is the general timing clue that most people aren't quite sure about and argue about, because from Ezekiel's point of view, back in a time period where these city-states put giant walls around them and barred uh, gates and all to protect themselves, in this day and age, we don't build walls around our house because we have security systems. So uh, Ezekiel seeing this might say, hey, wait a minute, you know, Jerusalem now doesn't have a wall around it. And Israel is dwelling safely because they have their IDF, uh, their Israeli defense forces and all. But then there's also a giant wall that runs down Israel to keep the Palestinians at bay. So there could be a wall there too. So maybe at some point, Israel no longer feels threatened by its direct Arab neighbors. And some people point to the prophecy that Asaph the seer gave in Psalm 83, that one day Israel would not fear their neighbors on their borders because they would have subdued them. So it has been believed that before the Gog-Magog war happens, another war must happen to give Israel this peaceful precondition, and that could be the Psalm 83 war. Nathan, well said. And of course, again, this is wonderful information uh, for those of you that just maybe tune into the program as we look at this. There's a lot of details uh, uh, for uh, the the, uh, the wars that we're speaking about. There's, there's a number of other end-time wars that the Bible actually speaks about. Nathan, you and I have talked about this in, our, in other programs for anybody that wants more information. But these are things that we're seeing highlighted here uh, in the book of Ezekiel chapter 38. And if you're tuned into the program, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to continue reading along a few verses so that you can continue to see how all this unravels. So, Nate, I'm going to go ahead and pick it up in chapter 38, verses uh, 10 through 12, in case someone doesn't have a Bible. And maybe you can read for us verses 13 through 15 as we continue looking at Ezekiel chapter 38. Absolutely. And uh, uh, folks, if you want to really dive into this, on our website at ChristandProphecy.org, I have a very long paper that includes a teaching video called Timing Gog and Magog. It goes through all this uh, as well. And of course, like Vic said, if you go under our podcast, The Truth Will Set You Free, we have taught through uh, not, you know, usually we go by books, but for we had quite a number of lessons just on the Gog-Magog Wars. We have many other Truth Will Set You Free uh, prophecy edition episodes that you can read about the Gog-Magog War. But I also recommend you to Dr. David Reagan's other book called Nine Wars of the End Times, and he takes you step by step through all nine wars of the end times as well. So we have plenty of information to help you understand this topic better. Oh, thank you so much, Nate, for sharing those. And, and one of the things that we notice here in Scripture, according to chapter 38, verse 10, he says, Thus says, says the Lord, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan, which is where we got our title for today's message. Uh, you will say, I will go up against the land unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars or gates, verse 12, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste place and are again inhabited and against a people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods, who dwell in the midst of the land. Verse 13, Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, Have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, and to take away livestock and goods, and take great plunder? Therefore, son of man, Ezekiel, 
Prophesy and say to Gog, thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. Nathan, again, this is a, an astounding passage. It, it names these nations that are around it. It also talks about the direction from where all this is, 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 is going to be taking place from. And I mean, if you look at a map today, you can see all this clearly right before our eyes. Yeah, and, and there's, there's those timing clues. It's an attack on the people who've been taken out of all the lands of the earth and dwell safely in a land that now that it's inhabited, has become bountiful again. Now, we, as we've said in previous episodes, when Israel was assaulted by the Romans in 70 AD and at last defeated, the siege against Jerusalem lasted almost three years. And the Romans chopped down pretty much every tree and consumed almost all the resources in Israel and left it a wasteland. And when the Jewish people were forced out of the country, then the country fell into disrepair. And it became a wasteland, so much so that almost nobody lived in it. This idea that there's all these Palestinians that live in it now. It was, it was a backwater desert. Nobody lived in Israel for hundreds and hundreds of years. So this prophecy says that Gog, this leader of Russia, will come against Israel once it's back in the land and has made it habitable and prosperous again. And folks, we have seen that in our age as the Jewish people took that swamp-infested desert land and turned it back into being productive and bountiful again. No, Nathan, one of the things, too, that is astounding is how God is so accurate in, in his word. And not only in his word, but also in the, in, in the timing of things, because you and I are alive to see all this happen. I mean, in the past 50 or 60 years, we saw this little piece of speck of dirt that really wasn't much of anything now producing the greatest crops around the world. And uh, and just just an amazing way that, that God has allowed this prophecy to be fulfilled right before our eyes. So this is why it boggles my mind when people say, oh, I don't believe in Bible prophecy. That's just a bunch of, uh, of, of made up stuff. Meanwhile, we say to people, open your eyes and see what's right in front of you. Yeah, you're, you have to study it. Well, for instance, Sheba and Dedan are the Arab nations. So it's interesting if with the Abraham Accords, as different nations, uh, the Arab nations are now kind of aligned with Israel, that they sit back and they say they question the invasion, but they don't do they don't get involved. They don't do anything about it. And so the merchants of Tarshish. Now, this is interesting about the merchants of Tarshish. Tarshish was considered the farthest way you could go. That's why Jonah tried to run to Tarshish as far as you could go. And it's believed that uh, Spain or even Great Britain was considered the farthest ends of the earth at that time period. So here we got Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish or Europe, and their young lions, their colonies will say, well, are you attacking? But they don't do anything about it. And it's fascinating that here we've got this great invasion of Israel where Russia feels totally uh, nothing holding them back from attacking Israel, but the Arab nations the European nations and the New World nations, the Americas, don't get involved. They don't do anything. And you got to wonder why. You know, Nathan, and, and that's exactly why we see so much of uh, a change happening in the temperature of the U.S. Uh, and also Israel. 
And, uh, you know, a lot of this is because the Bible says that this is going to be how the nations are going to be behaving against Israel. Israel is going to find itself alone uh, when all these things take place. And that's exactly why we see these international relationships constantly changing uh, uh, with the people of Israel. Uh, Most of the world is against the people of Israel, this small little country. And you have to wonder why. Well, because Bible prophecy says that Israel will find herself alone and God will have to step in to help and do a miraculous work, which only he can do, as we will see on our next episodes of our program. But Nathan, it's just amazing to me how fast time goes when we do these programs, you and I. And before the close of each program, we always like to give a word of encouragement, and that is to encourage people to turn to God while there is still time. As we see prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes, we recognize the time, the time gap is closing very, very quickly in terms of opportunity spiritually for people, but there's always hope, and that hope is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And Nate, would you be able to share with someone in the next minute or so that we have left to the program, maybe how they can start that relationship with the Lord, and uh, even right now, how they can start that? Well, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Pray from your heart, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my rebellion. I love you, and please, I want you to be the Savior and Lord of my life. And if you made a prayer like that or something from your heart, then the Lord will forgive your sins, the guilt will be gone, and you'll enter a new relationship, an eternal relationship with your Creator. Praise the Lord. And if you pray from your heart to receive the Lord, we would love to hear from you. Get a hold of us. You can call or text 305-992-9537. Nathan and I would love to rejoice with that fact that you start a relationship with the Lord. We'd love to give you a Bible and a study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And we encourage you, find a church that teaches the Word of God. Uh, Let them know you received the Lord. Get baptized and continue to grow in your relationship with him and your understanding of Bible prophecy. And again, we thank you for being part of today's program. We ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan, Joe saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week.